Hey folks, Gerald Kirk here, and I'm excited to share that this season of the Higher Ground Society podcast is supported in part by the Alabama Humanities Alliance, a state affiliate of the National Endowment of the Humanities. Any views, findings, conclusions, or recommendations expressed in this podcast episode do not necessarily represent those of Alabama Humanities Alliance or the National Endowment for the Humanities. Now, let's get to the show. And we're back for yet another episode of season three for High Ground Society podcast. And um, I'm super excited because we're continuing the conversation with our newly minted Patchwork Symphony artists. And uh, this is our second artist who will be featured on the show who's been a part of this project. I'm super geeked uh, to talk with her. It's uh, Miss Emily Fincher. Hi, Emily. Hello. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. Um, and like, I don't know if you've ever see, uh, heard the rest of the other podcast episodes, but I tend to like let people introduce themselves to have the agency to speak, to name themselves and identify themselves. Um, so we're just going to jump right into the interview with the first question of which is, who are you? <laughs> who am I? Such a, you know, deep existential question, or it sure. can be. Um, but, uh, I am an Alabama native, um, was born and raised in Dothan, Alabama, um, and, um, went to college at Samford University, um, in Birmingham. And then I did some traveling, um, working in different areas of the country and things like that. And, um, and, uh, just recently moved again to uh, to Kansas for a new job, but um, my roots are definitely um, from Alabama. Um, like I said, born and raised in the area, and um, music has been a very big part of my life um, ever since I was little. I um, started taking piano lessons when I was five. Okay. Um, I know that kind of blends into the next question a little bit, but um, started taking piano lessons when I was five. Um, my older sister is four years older than me, mm-hmm. and she was already taking piano lessons at that time. And she would practice her lessons, and then I would listen to what she was doing, and I would go and I would play the same thing that she was playing. Nice. And so, and so, when, so my mom went ahead and signed me up for piano lessons because she said, I'm determined that this girl is going to learn how to read music. Because yeah. if she continues to go the way she's going, she's only going to know how to play by ear and, mm. you know, she's going to learn how to read music. So um, I uh, so that I started pretty early on the piano lessons. And mm. um, then later I picked up several other instruments. Um, I picked up uh, well, I've, I've been singing my whole life since I can remember, but um, I picked up. Uh, the flute in middle school um, okay. and then per- I started playing percussion in the band oh, um, and and then uh, then I as an adult I picked up several other instruments like the um, guitar the ukulele the harp the hammered dulcimer mm. I have a real um, 
real deep interest in Irish music. So I, um, I've learned penny whistle and um, play a lot of traditional Irish music too. Nice. That's a great foundation um, for getting started in music. But it's, it, you know, we often talk to folks and they just kind of like fall into music. It's something they just kind of pick up and they find that they have a love for it. Um, but it sounds like this was a very like natural path for you. Like it just, mm-hmm. just showed up. I like how you said your mom identified and she was, you know, uh, wanting to uh, nurture that within you. Um, that's really awesome. I kind of had the same experience uh, but I don't know if it was anything that I presented. I think my mom was just like, he's going to take piano lessons, <laughs> you know, yeah. regardless. That's a, that's a beautiful moment that your mom saw in you and, and, and decided to nurture that. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 So, um, like, going back, I'm curious to know, like, before we get more into, like, your music abilities, I think, because I think it's also probably, um, it probably, in, uh, informs how you write music or the things that you write music about you said you traveled a little bit around before you know coming back to Alabama so where are some places that you lived other than um, Alabama like in your adult life um so after I graduated college I went to South Carolina okay um lived there for a couple of years Mm -hmm. and then I moved back to Alabama and lived there for about eight more years um and then in, in the more recent years, I'm in my 30s now, in, in more recent years, I have um, lived and worked in Overland Park, Kansas, um, okay. spent a little bit of time in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. and spent some time in Tacoma, Washington. Oh, nice. um, so I've kind of all over, all, you know, in, this, in the um, center, central um central u.s and then yeah. like all the way on the east coast and then all the way on the west coast so i've been kind of all over the place yeah you've got a nice nice breadth of experience there and again i, I think that probably does show up in the things that you've seen and experienced and i it probably shows mm-hmm. up in your music i feel like um that's really cool and so you talked a little bit about you know going to school um in college you said you went to sanford what did you study at sanford i studied music theory and composition so, um, nice. which, um, you know, equipped me very well for a lot of the songwriting that I do. Um, mm. but I learned more of kind of the classical background of things. Sure. So I was studying, um, I took class brass, class woodwinds, class percussion, and I studied each, um, group of instruments in the orchestra and, and how to play them and how to write for them and how to, I, now I didn't get to where I could play them well necessarily, sure. um, you know, still have um, really screechy uh, twinkle, twinkle little star on the violin. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but um, you know, to kind of get an idea of the functionality of the instrument and how to write for it and how to, um, how to, compose different things for different instruments. And it was really helpful um, because I, um, even when I branched out to instruments outside of the orchestra, because I, you know, I learned every instrument just like every person has its gifts and its limitations. And Mm -hmm. so like, you don't want to go, oh man, I wish I could write uh, a really, really low note for the ukulele because you that's just not part of what the ukulele is. Ukulele is a higher 
pitched instrument. Mm -hmm. And so you go, well, if I want a really low note, I'll write for the guitar or the piano or, or the string bass, you Mm -hmm. know, and just, um, you know, and learning how to highlight the strengths of each instrument and, um, really, really go with that with each piece. Um, and a lot of what I wrote when I was first starting composing was more instrumental music. Um, I did uh, a lot of just little piano pieces when I was, I started writing about 10 years old, um, Mm -hmm. and would write little piano pieces and, um, short little songs here and there. And then, um, when I was in college, I wrote more on the classical side of things. So I would write um, a quartet with oboe, violin, cello, and piano. Nice. Or I would write um, a trio for voice, violin, and piano. Or, you know, just kind of choosing different groups of instruments to write music for. So, yeah. Well, so I'm curious now, like when you said you wrote for a trio of voice, violin, and piano like what would the voice be singing like so is that would that have like lyrical content that would be um, like yeah what's that lyrical with, content with like? that well with that particular piece of music the voice was treated like any other instrument and oh, cool. so it didn't have any lyrical content it was mainly oohs ohs ahs different different open sounds sure. to uh just kind of treating it like an instrument which is um, again, I know this is a future question, but um, when it comes to influences, um, that's something one of my favorite composers does a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one of my favorite film composers is James Horner. Okay. Um, and he writes a lot for orchestra or wrote a lot, rest in peace, um, for orchestra and things like that for, um, for the movies that he wrote. Mm-hmm. But he would include a lot of choir and solo voice but not have words for it sure okay so so um for example he wrote the soundtrack for a beautiful mind and he decided that he wanted charlotte church to sing on his album Mm -hmm. but when she's singing with the orchestra it's and it's just this you know this vocalizing that treats her voice like an instrument and she sings with the orchestra and it all mixes together so it's so that's kind of what inspired some of that in college that's really cool that's so awesome and so crazy so i mean i went i was in band from middle school through college and obviously when i got into college i was around a lot of music majors uh, music education folks no, I mean, I went to Auburn, so I don't think that there's like a music writing course or anything there. There might be something like scoring, but when I say score, like for like writing for a marching band or something like that, which is like another kind of experience, I think. But hearing you talk about this is so incredible. I'm so glad you had this experience. I'm so glad you're bringing this experience to the project um, because, and I could tell it whenever we you know worked on your song in the studio like you came in you had charts like <laughs> you were very very prepared and that mm-hmm. was a really great experience so um, thank you for sharing some insight into that um again and also i love the little um the the, the example that you shared that i love now we can get something like that <laughs> a little demonstration thank you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so yeah um we talked a little bit about how you got started in music and your evolution so and let's let's kind of keep on this track of like influencers uh and in on your music style um so tell mm-hmm. you, you mentioned james horner who else has influenced your your style um 
So a lot of the influence on my style has been from, um, my, my style has been influenced a lot by my love of Irish traditional music. Mm-hmm. Um, so James Horner wrote um, a lot of soundtracks that sound very Irish anyway. Um, like he wrote the Titanic soundtrack. He wrote the Braveheart soundtrack about William Wallace and, you know, that sort of stuff. So it's kind of those Irish influences in his music. Um, I, was in love with river dance growing up. Sure. <laughs> um, and so the composer, Bill Whelan, who wrote the music for river dance, um, and also, um, you know, he, he would write all these really complex rhythms and complex meters and things like that. And so that has also influenced some of, some of the more, some of the more classical style stuff that I've written of, mm-hmm. you know, mixing meters together and mixing together these different rhythms that can be a little unsettling sometimes, you know, sure. it's not just one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, but it's, it's kind of mixes things up a little bit and mm-hmm. makes you stand on your toes and, and listen a little harder. Um, yeah. And uh, so James Horner, Bill Whelan, um, a lot of influence, um, believe it or not, from across the pond, so to speak. Sure. You know, yeah. just listening listening to a lot of the Irish and and uh, traditional Irish and English music and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, um, at the same time, there were other influences, kind of at a more kind of down home level, like. Um, uh, I had the privilege of recording with my dad on the album mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. when we when we were doing um, when we were recording my song. He got to record the guitar part for my for my song, and um, I got to work with him on that. And just his style of guitar playing has always it, it has. Um, we grew up in a small church, and my dad would play guitar for oh. the church, and so. I would. I just grew up hearing his guitar playing, and so that to me, that's how guitar is supposed to sound, mm-hmm. um, you know. And he he does a lot of a lot of picking, and you know, not necessarily like hard strumming or anything like that, but a mm-hmm. lot of picking and a lot of uh, different things on the on the guitar, and um, also um, just being influenced also by memories of family reunions, gathering around. Um, my dad, my uncles, my great uncles, like they would gather around with their guitars and my older sister who still plays piano would, uh, she would hop on the organ and I'd hop on the piano and we'd all just play like, I'll fly away. Oh glory. Like we'd play all these really good, like down home, um, gospel tunes and things Mm -hmm. like that at the family reunions. So that was really nice. Yeah. I had a very similar experience and, I mean, I don't know if time is doing the same thing that it's doing to your, to my family, but like, you know, people are starting to get like my generation's getting older and, you know, a lot of the older generations dying out. And so people are spreading out. So we don't get to gather like this that often, mm-hmm. but whenever it does happen, that's one thing I can always look forward to is getting together with family. We're most of us are just like, we have some musicians, but we're, we're big singers. And so um, to have that experience, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Those sweet, sweet memories of just sitting like in the backyard somewhere on a porch. I can see you and your family now. It sounds incredible. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
That's awesome. Um, and also too, yeah, your dad was incredible. Dr. Jerry Fincher. It was a really great moment yeah. to have him in on that, uh, on your recording session, which we'll talk about a little bit more. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, that's like, that seems, sounds like a lot more like your, uh, like your uh, writing or compositional style, but like, I'm also want to get like the full picture of Emily Fincher, right? And so when I first heard your mm-hmm. submission for uh, the album, I immediately was like, this sounds like Ingrid Michaelson. <laughs> like it was so mm-hmm. So do you have any other like pop or like, you know, um, top yeah. R&B, anything like that that influences your writing and, and your music styles? Um, I was going to say, yeah, yes, and yes, and no. I I don't listen to Top Forty very much. <laughs> sure, I get it. I get it. But um, but um, Ingrid Michaelson is definitely a, a big influence. I've loved mm-hmm. her music for a long time. Um, Sarah Bareilles is another mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, I kind of return to some artists across the pond. Like um, Lisa Hannigan is one that I really like. She actually used to sing with Damien Rice. Oh. Um, and, uh, used to be a singer with, with, with him. And then she split off on her own and did her own thing. And she's an Irish singer songwriter. Um, and, um, trying to think of who else. Um, I don't know. I, I have a hard time choosing my influences or not choosing my influences, but like identifying my influences in kind of the pop and rock world. It's more, I guess my style has been kind of more indie and folk. Yeah, sure. Which kind of fits with like Ingrid Michaelson and Sarah Bareilles and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really, I love the path that Sarah Bareilles took and how she eventually, like she wrote the music for the musical Waitress. And mm-hmm. like, that's, that's one of my future endeavors is I'd like to write a musical um, and kind of take things forward to like, okay, let's, let's put together a full fledged story and put it on stage. Like sure. that's one of my, one of my goals in the future. So I, I kind of like how she started off in pop music and then not only is, um, not only is writing musicals, but also performing in musicals. I think mm-hmm. recently she was in Stephen Sondheim's Into the Woods. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, yeah, the, those two, especially Ingrid Michaelson and Sarah Bareilles really have influenced me a lot from the, kind of indie folk world. Absolutely. And it, it makes sense again, because you know, indie folk is ties directly to your actual roots. I feel like, you know, like you said with your mm-hmm. family and that sort of thing. So it, it makes a uh, great uh, sense and a huge connection. And I'm so glad you mentioned Sarah Borellis because I was listening to her as I was driving into Alabama this past weekend. I love I listened to the waitress soundtrack like probably once a week it's mm-hmm. she did in that soundtrack i mean it's obviously quintessential cerebral burlesque it's like okay this is her sound but the fact that she was able to put it to um a story like that again and so also when i saw waitress i went in blind i had no idea what it was about what it sounded like i hadn't heard anything from it before and i'll never forget hearing um a bad idea from that album, mm-hmm. which is such a scandalous song in and of itself, right? But like the composition of it and the sounds and the clapping and the and the chorus in the background, it's just like, this is incredible. So I, I totally yeah. get it. And I look forward to hearing something like that. Well, not necessarily like that, but I have full faith that you can do, do your own musical uh, in the future. So that's exciting. Thank you for giving me something to look forward to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, 
as you know, most listeners to the show are familiar. Whenever we we have artists, musical artists on the show, we get to like dissect their work and listen to, um, you know, some snippets of their work, and 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 the artist gets to tell us, you know, their their uh, experience in creating it. And so, before we get to the actual Patchwork Symphony contribution that Emily gave us, mm-hmm. uh, I would like to talk about some of her other work that she put out beforehand and um it's a song called so long and i'm gonna play a little bit of a snippet of it now i was reaching for the stars from behind these prison bars that held me back from all that i could be Sin had held me in its grasp, chains and shackles held me back, but Jesus came to me and set me free. So, so long, so long, so long. And uh, yeah, Emily, um, when I heard this, would, 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 uh, help me remember, did, so we had artists uh, for the Patrick Symphony Project, we had them submit an example of their work and then the work that they wanted to be considered for the project. Was this the one that you presented as a sample of your work? I believe so because it was the, it's um, aside from my Patchwork Symphony submission now, um, it was the only work that I had that had been like fully produced and and fully mastered and things like that. Mm Well, and it definitely shows it's an absolutely incredible song, um, but beautifully mastered and again, beautifully arranged. I was like, this is just, again, like this girl. So however long it takes, but like it's, it's usually a, you know, a process of um, working with the lyrics and working with the music and, and, um, you know, just seeing what you can come up with. Um, But this one just kind of flowed out of me. um, And it's a contemporary Christian song, as you could tell from some of the some of the lyrics, and mm-hmm. um, and that's an important part of my background and and who I am as a person. And um, and I had experienced um, a moment, I, not a moment, but like I had had an experience of freedom mm-hmm. um, in the evening that I wrote. Um, this song and I, I had this experience of freedom from um, just something I had been struggling with for a while, you know, and if you sub- as- ascribe to um, Christian theology, you know, you could call it a sin or something like that. But like, it's just, it was just something I was struggling with. Mm-hmm. And I, um, and I experienced freedom from that and that joy at experiencing that freedom um, just burst this song and um uh the first verse talks about i was reaching for the stars from behind these prison bars that held me back from all that i could be Mm -hmm. um and uh and just you know when we have those limitations that are holding us back um whatever that may be um you know it I, I had a had a friend from church who was like, "You've never been in prison." I'm like, well, "I know, but it's figurative." <laughs> you know? Yes, come on, come on, <laughs> yeah, it. it's figurative. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, you, you can feel like you're trapped um, sure. when you have certain things holding you back, and so, um, so just the experience of of that freedom just really. Um, just opened that song up for me. And I wrote it in the span of about an hour that night. And then I shared it with um, one of the pastors from my church 
the next day and she was like, we need to get this recorded. And so actually, um, actually the, my church funded about half of the recording fees for that song. And then my parents gave me a gift and, and funded the other half of it. So like I, I, um, so I, I had two groups of people who believed in it enough and they were just like, you know, we think this is a really great song and you need to get this out there. That's awesome. I'm, I, didn't, I didn't know that little, that, that last little bit. And so, I mean, anyway, it seems like it's not even like you just being in the right place at the right time. I think this is just very, just like, um, just orchestrated for you, like to use a musical mm-hmm. tune. Like, again, even the way you got into music, you know, you were, you showed up and, you know, you had a path that was laid out for you to be, come, become better. And here you are, you create some, put something out there and then someone notices it and they say, this needs to be shared. And so this is, and even just, that's what, you know, Pathwork Symphony is about, you know, is I felt that it was important for people to know that Alabama artists have something to say, they have a tremendous amount of talent and, you know, style. And so again, this, I think you just sharing that, not even talking about the song that you submitted for the project and just kind of just embodies, you know, what the project is all about. So again, mm-hmm. <laughs> the song writes itself at this, <laughs> you know, it's, yes. it's so incredible um and i'm so glad that you wrote that it seems to be like a, a theme of yours of you know um feeling very like all your music feels very triumphant and liberating and it's a huge breath of fresh air especially in the times that we're living in so like um mm-hmm. why do you think that comes up so often in, in your music um i think it comes up so often in my music because it's kind of a continued lived experience for me. Um, Like, so, and um, uh, I've dealt with depression for a long time. And so having dealt with depression in my my mental health history and all that sort of stuff means I can focus so much on like feeling trapped. But when I, but when I really look at it, like, I have these moments where I feel trapped, but then, um, you know, something happens or I make a decision or some, or something is again, orchestrated to use a musical term orchestrated Mm -hmm. in my life where I experience freedom from whatever was making me feel trapped, whether it was Mm -hmm. a situation or, or a, uh, or whatever. Um, and yeah, it's, I think it, it's a theme in my music because it tends to be a lived experience. Just this cycle of like, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm feeling kind of stuck in a rut. I'm feeling trapped. I don't like the feelings that I'm having. Mm -hmm. And then I figure out how to um, either some circumstances happen or I make different choices and I figure out how to break free from that. And that Mm -hmm. brings the freedom and that brings the triumph and it brings this, this feeling of, yeah, it's it's. I think it's based a lot in my lived experience. Yeah, that's so. I'm so glad that you um you know, and we're so thank you for being so transparent about like your experience with like mental um challenges and that sort of thing because that's real. And I think it. And I was literally just a few minutes ago talking with some friends about someone in our in our circle, you know, who we would have never considered, you know someone who was struggling, you know, with depression or something like that. And it's been, it's been a thing. And I think it's so, so prevalent, so much more prevalent than we realize it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's so much more prevalent uh, than we give space to, to actually wrestle with that and actually come out on the other side of it. So 
I'm tremendously grateful for the work that you do and the music that you write because it is an example of how we can come out of that and how we can. I mean, and it's not just the the lyrics, but also just like the actual sound, like the literal sonic mm-hmm. experience of your music, like the instrumentation that you use in you know, both of the songs that we're going to talk about. Um, it's 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 liberating. It's light. So tell us more about that. Tell us more about the production and the instrumentation of uh, So Long. Okay. Um, I apologize. I think someone's mowing the lawn outside. <laughs> so I don't know if you can hear that. It's but... Um, but um, the instrumentation for so long, um, when I worked with the producer, I worked with a, um, a single producer who kind of outsourced different parts um, mm-hmm. of the song. Like he would say, okay, I'm gonna get this guy to play guitar for us and get this mm-hmm. guy to, you know, and so um, I, I went to him and I was like, well, this is the song and, you know, played it with just me and my guitar. And, and then I told him kind of what I wanted it to sound like. And I actually picked a track from Lisa Hannigan. Okay. Um, and it, it had a, a lot of just like very sparse drums at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to look it up, the song is called What'll I Do? Sure. Um, by Lisa Hannigan, but it's this, um, it's got this little like this, just this, this nice little beat in the background and some plucked strings. And I was like, this is kind of what I want the style to be like. And so when he was helping me put together some of the instruments, um, he was like, let's use, let's use some guitar. Let's use some ukulele. And um, we'd use some banjo Mm-hmm. I heard um, that. Yeah, it was kind of yeah. hooked away. I was like, Wait a minute. Yeah. That's a banjo there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so that kind of brought a little more, you know, Alabama roots to it, too. So mm-hmm. that was really cool. Um, guitar, ukulele, banjo. And then um, my producer for that song kind of did a lot with the electronic, like he used like electronic drums and things like that and kind of programmed mm-hmm. in some different different sounds with, with that. But it doesn't sound electronic i guess it, no. it doesn't sound like like electronic dance music or anything like that it's it mm-hmm. the, he used some really good sounds that sounded really natural um and uh yeah and so i i just kind of wanted this light and um with so long i just kind of wanted this light and airy feeling because that's kind of what the song was about you know mm-hmm. and um and uh, you know we had the bass guitar in the song as well, but it wasn't overwhelming, and it wasn't. It was just enough to provide a foundation for it. So it was. Yeah. Um, it was good. There was a lot of, I guess, speaking in musical terms, there was a lot of the higher um, registers, a lot of the higher timbres or sounds um, that kind of made made it sound a little more light and free. Absolutely. And everything is so funny that you mentioned, you should mention that because everything that you mentioned, you point out, pointed out, I noticed that in the first listen of it as well, or in the second or third listener, um, especially like the bass guitar, like it's there and it feel, the song feels very comfortable and very full, but then it had this one moment where the bass guitar did like a kind of lick and I was like, oh yeah, it's the bass is there too and he's jamming too, you know, or they're jamming too. So yeah. It's a beautifully arranged song and very well put together. Um, where did you record this? 
Um, I recorded this with um, a producer named Brad Jerkins. Um, and he, at the time, he was recording out of his home studio in Dothan. I think now he's located in Ozark, um, which is okay. which is not too far from Dothan, Alabama. Mm. But um, he he works with people all over the country. He'll say, "Hey, I need this, you know, guitar track, and can you record it and send it back to me?" And you know, he has a lot of great contacts in the industry and works really well with uh, a lot of people. Yeah, I'm so glad that you got uh, to have that experience because he sounds like an incredible producer. It's a great product. Um, and yeah, is there anything else you would like to share about you know this song before we hand it off to the listeners to hear it in full? Um, I don't think so. I think we've talked about a lot of it so yeah yeah well yeah. thank you so much for um guiding us how you um wrote this piece and the experience of, of putting it together and processing it through the, the studio um so folks who are listening as per usual with the higher ground society podcast and musical guests we will have a little treat for you at the end of this episode uh for you to listen to the song and uh in its entirety and you can also um feel liberated as we both have in both singing and performing it and listening to it um so yeah this is emily fincher and here is my song called so long I was reaching for the stars from behind these prison bars that held me back from all that I could be. Sin had held me in its grasp, chains and shackles held me back, but Jesus came to me and set me free. So, so long, so long, so long to the chains that Oh, so long, so long, so long Your freedom has found me, I'm finally home Pain had kept me in its grip, so I kept repeating it Grief was all that I had ever known But I'm no longer comfortable in this little hell hole that I have called my home for far too long So, so long, so long, so long To the pain that bound me, it's finally gone in my past I will 
break the silence now Shout it from the rooftops How the truth has come And freedom's here at last At last So, so long, so long, so long To the shame that bound me It's finally gone Oh, so long, so long, so And that's part one of my conversation with Emily Fincher of Harvest Alabama. Emily is the third artist on the show from Higher Ground Society's flagship project, Patchwork Symphony, the Alabama compilation album. This episode featured music by Jasmine Garfield of Artistic Intelligence in Birmingham and Alex Horn, also of Birmingham. You also heard a song entitled Good Thoughts by artist Lobo Logo. Thanks again to the Alabama Humanities Alliance for their continued support of the Higher Ground Society podcast. Check out the great work that they're doing across the state at alabamahumanities.org. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to be notified for part two of my chat with Emily, where we chat about her contribution to Patrick Symphony and what it was like to record during that time. Coming later this week. Don't miss it. Hang tight. Until then, be easy.